Hey guys, we're halfway through the month of December and I want to give you a quick heads up. I'm putting together a year in review of the Tech Money Talks podcast. It's a video, it's a collage that's coming out and it's just really awesome. So I want to drop a note for all you podcast listeners that have been supportive of Tech Money Talks. Be sure to go check it out on YouTube, youtube.com slash techmoneytalks. You're going to find it there. It's going to come out towards the end of the year. Be sure to check it out. All right, guys. everybody, Brian McCumber here from Tech Money Talks. I am really excited today because we have a very special guest on the podcast. We are fortunate to have John Danes as a special guest on the show. And for those of us in e-com, you should know who he is because John has been the host of a top 100 business podcast called The No Excuses Show. And he's interviewed personalities like Grant Cardone, Frank Kern, Jared Getz, and many more. If you don't know who he is, then you're missing out big time because John is also a mastermind in digital marketing and is becoming a major influencer in this space. John continues to raise a bar and he's been keeping it real. This brother's been keeping it real the whole time. If you're interested in starting an online business to make extra money, you better save this episode in your back pocket and listen to it over and over again because the stories and the tips you're going to learn here will give you the opportunity to quickly launch your own business to help your wallet grow fast. John has been killing it online and is a co-founder and the CEO of 99media, which is a digital marketing agency servicing businesses through paid traffic and sales funnels. He has been featured in publications like Influensive, Founder Magazine, and many others. He's helped 40 over 40 personality brands along with his own Top 100 Business Podcast over the last year. He absolutely practices what he preaches and he's leaving no excuses on the table. And time is money and everyone's looking to get a piece of his time. And he has an amazing story and an awesome connection with key players in e-com. So I'm so happy to have him on the show today. John, thanks for joining us, man. How's it going? Uh, it's going to be going a lot better if I can live up to that powerful intro. I can tell you that, Brian. T- that was uh, that was powerful, and I really am humbled, and I'm I'm so excited. That I was finally able to get on the show. You know, we've been talking about this for a while, and yeah, man, I'm I'm ready to bring your listeners some value. Awesome, man. My hey, that's great, and you deserve it. I mean, you've been uh, crushing it throughout the past year, year and a half, and I think a lot of people caught on to what you've been doing. You've been doing a lot of great things, and I'm super excited about it as well. I would say, you know, for the audience to kick things off, maybe we take a step back and you kind of share your journey, you know, into your business and online marketing and things like that. So, um, you know, I was always not a great student going through school never enjoyed school, and just quite frankly, never did well. And I I, I don't know what it was, but it, it seemed like all through my life, I had this force telling me like, in the back of my mind, hey, you don't really need to be in school. Like, what are you learning here? You know what I mean? And I remember that even since I was a little kid. And uh-huh. I remember just not being engaged throughout high school, but also not having a backup plan. You know, like they say, mm-hmm. it's only a waste of time if you have somewhere better to be. And I never really did. Right. So I was at school and and I remember not enjoying it, but I didn't have anything else better to do. But I always kind of knew I wasn't going to have the traditional path. 
So that mm. path got really thrown off when I was in about 10th grade. I got expelled from high school. I was just, I had horrible grades, was failing about every class. Um, wow. I, I rarely even attended school and, and I finally got expelled. And I transitioned then into homeschooling. So it, when you go from traditional schooling to homeschooling, it's like, uh, I guess the best way to articulate it would be living in the United States and then moving to China. It's a completely different, it's a different style of learning. It, it, when you're in 10th grade, your mom doesn't sit down and teach you. It's all self-taught. You get all the curriculums, you get all the books, and it's basically on you. And, you know, you have to take that test at the end of a senior year to even make sure that you learn the material. So it's not like wow. you can kind of just float through. You kind of yeah. actually have to get discipline. And that was the first time really I can remember saying like, okay, I'm going to do this on my own. I'm going to get disciplined and I'm going to do a good job. So I actually ended up doing uh, very, very well. Um, and I also had a lot more free time. I don't think we realize how much time is wasted in the actual school system with all the bull crap that goes on, uh, you know, in those classrooms, but I was able yeah. to get my work done, you know, four or five hours a day max. And it gave me all this free time. So I, I started working a job um, that I was not at all happy with. I was a cashier at a grocery store. Um, and although I was thankful for the opportunity, it was still, you know, it, it wasn't the most ideal situation. So at that time I had always had an infatuation with uh, sneakers and clothing and the whole kind of culture of being a, what's called a hype beast. Um, and I, I finally was making some money on my own, kind of had my job. So I said, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, start buying the stuff that I love and start getting into fashion. So at that yeah. time, I remember um, I went, there was shoe releases and people would go camp out for these shoes. And I, I did it one night. And I remember being on eBay before the, uh, before the release. And I saw that this pair of shoes that was about to sell for a hundred dollars was going for 1200 bucks on eBay. So I was, wow. I wasn't in, it was the fear of God bands. I remember it very vividly. Um, it's been about three, three, four years now. So I remember <laughs> not wanting the shoes to resell, but after I saw that I was about to make 1100 bucks, then I was like, okay, I'm going to sell these. So yeah. ended up getting the shoes, sold them, made more money, uh, on that one transaction than I made at my job in, um, you know, in four wow. weeks. So I said, this is going to be my thing. So started to get into that really heavily, leveraging e-commerce platforms, not the traditional drop shipping stuff, obviously, because you're getting all your inventory, um, you know, through you know online retailers and then selling it on eBay. There's a website called Grailed, an app that did really well for me, StockX, and all these different places to sell sneakers. So got into that, like Supreme, Bathing Ape, got into all that very heavily. But uh, you know, that's one of those businesses where there wasn't a lot of scalability. You could make a lot of money. But once you capped out, you kind of capped out unless you went into a retail store or started to really hire on some, you know, you, that's not a business you can leverage virtual assistants. You got to, you got to have staff in the United States if you're going to scale it. So yeah. I said, okay, maybe I should find something different. So that's when I actually found a mentor and I started working for him kind of like an apprenticeship um, at his company in Kansas City, Missouri. And funny enough, they're actually owning e-commerce fulfillment company. So wow. they they um, ship products on Amazon, on eBay, and on Walmart.com, and, and I worked with them for a long, long time, about about a year and a half, a long, long time back then. You know, for a sixteen-year-old, a year and a half is a long time, right? So, uh, I um, started working with them, and I saw 
into entrepreneurship. I think that people that don't grow up in entrepreneurial families, uh, I wasn't fortunate enough to do so. I think that a lot of people think that entrepreneurship is like this fantasy and it's not really a real thing. And people don't realize that people are, are massively successful that work for themselves. So I was under this impression that like entrepreneurship was a pipe dream. It wasn't a real thing until I actually was around real entrepreneurs day in and day out. So once I kind of saw this lifestyle and not the cliche BS kind of lifestyle thing that we see on this online entrepreneurship, this, this guy just yeah. worked for himself. He was creating freedom. And, you know, he, he was kind of just living the American dream. Um, and I was like, okay, yeah. this is the life that I want to live. So around that time, I had an opportunity to, um, to, to manage my uncle's social media. I managed his Facebook account, did it for free. Um, and I just was posting for him, creating content, things like that. And ended up doing very well with it and said, let's see if I can turn this into a business. Senior year of high school, went all in on that started up a, a pretty successful social media management agency. And while I was scaling that up, I went ahead and decided to start my podcast. Then the podcast became, became kind of the core focus for about eight to 10 months. Um, and then really started to hone in uh, me and my business partner, Adam, on 99 Media. So then at that time, I started to, about four months ago, really start to hone in on actually running our digital marketing agency, Adam and I, because you know I, I had built some money up and I built some experience and I built a network. So I actually had time and I had the connections and I had the capital to invest into actually learning a business model um, because digital marketing is, although there's a million programs on it, there's not many that actually teach it, especially the whole advertising on Facebook thing. And I'm sure with all the you know, awesome e-commerce entrepreneurs that you've had on, they've probably said the same thing. And it's hard mm -hmm. to, right? Because Facebook's changing daily. There's new rules. The targeting is different than it was a month ago. The platform completely looks different. So, you know, I, I, I would say that I kind of paid my dues for 10 months and just learned, you know, made connections, made money, and then, and then really jumped deep into what I'm passionate about and what I wanted to do because I, I had, you know, the resources at my disposal to do so. Wow, man, that's awesome, and yeah, really great journey, and this all happened like within the past, was it like three, three, four years? Yeah, about three years, um, I didn't really get serious about anything and, until about senior year of high school, that's when I really started to dive into personal development and learning online entrepreneurship, so it's been, it's been about two years, seriously, three years kind of just dabbling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I thought that was cool. So even taking a step back, because um, I like what you touched on related to the schooling and, and self-learning, because I think that's kind of the way the trend is, is going, you know, um, that uh, like I think what you were able to experience that, you know, you know, being in, in high school, you know, for some reason just wasn't for you, but then moving into homeschool and then now you're becoming a self-learner. And you were picking up things, and now as you got that taste for, for, for ecom and 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 business, uh, that you were using that the same uh, level of of learning and self education, uh, to take it to the next step and taking action on it and things like that. So I was wondering if you could speak a little bit about that. Yeah, in terms of, I'd say, it's very very interesting. My friend actually made a post on LinkedIn today, and he was saying that like 
people call an online program that costs a thousand bucks a scam yet $120,000 down the drain to get a college education that you're never going to be able to pay back. You're, you know, you're literally starting no out your job. Yeah, with, exactly. And you're starting out life with so many, life's already going to be difficult. You're starting out life with so many factors going against you, like to almost never be able to get ahead. And, and that's honestly how some people live is they never get ahead in life. So I think that um, I would say the reason that I wasn't super engaged in school was number one, I wasn't really interested because I knew, I think there's kids that are just gifted going throughout. And, you, you know, I think everybody went to school with a kid who from the age of like eight or nine, they were going to be a doctor or they were going to be a lawyer. And I was never that. And I kind of knew either I was going to go get into some kind of sales job because I always love to talk to people uh, where I was going to, you know, what was, which was what the original plan was. And obviously to become successful in sales, there's really not a degree needed for that, but it turned out all those sales is one of my passions. I love sales. It turned out to be, you know, sales on steroids, which is entrepreneurship. And I think that <laughs> self-education is super important. Um, but it's just such a crowded and noisy marketplace of people having offerings and uh, selling things, programs. And, you know, we've been really fortunate to work with a lot of very strong personality brands that give a lot of value. And you yeah. think outside looking in that stuff is a scam or it doesn't work. But then you see behind the scenes and you see that, like, people's lives are being changed. People are really being impacted by this whole online entrepreneurship community. And if you actually work hard at it and you get, you know, you put in the work, there's a lot, you can, you can, you can really get real results. You know what I mean? And I'm glad that you touched on that because I think, uh, you know, that, that that's really important, especially for people. Um, you know, that part of the reason, you know, why I'm doing the podcast is to help, uh, highlight the people that have been, you know, keeping it real, having real success and to avoid the, the fakes out there. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I can imagine, you know, through, through your journey, and then we could touch on the people that, that you've interviewed, you know, some big names in, in the industry, because outside looking in, especially, you know, the opportunities of, of e-commerce and, and entrepreneurship, you know, some people, you know, outside looking in, see it as, you know, get rich quick scheme, and they don't know mm-hmm. what to believe. And yeah. uh, I was wondering about, you know, your journey as, as you've been going through this. Of course. And that's, uh, you know, something that I've noticed about you is you've interviewed a lot of really successful people, people that I know for a fact are my personal friends, you know, people like Ryan and Hayden, really good guys. Um, Kevin, Kevin's an awesome friend of mine, Kevin Zhang, Joe, Anthony. Um, But the thing about all those guys is, if you notice, they're not big, you know, they're, they're all big in their own respects, but they're not the biggest guys on the internet. They're not the flashiest guys on the internet, but mm-hmm. if you, and, and neither am I, you know, I'm, it's arguably have a smaller personal brand than all those guys I just named. But w- when you really pull behind the hood of our business, we're actually really doing things. And I remember, I'm sure Kevin won't mind me telling this story, but Kevin and I lived in the same city for a while. And uh, I had a mutual connection of mine and say, Hey, you got to meet this guy. This guy's on pace to do 20 million in e-com sales. And wow. this is at the time when I, when I, when I met Kevin, it's been about six months and I had really started to get exposed to all these people that, you know, appear as one thing on the internet. And in reality, they're not really that. And so I was like, mm-hmm. okay, well I'll meet this guy. And I remember going to Kevin's house and I was just like, yep, this guy is definitely real. <laughs> like this guy is really doing something really incredible and special. And 
if you meet him, he's not flashing it. He, he's just really humbled and happy to be where he's at. And, and that's really with a lot of the successful people that I've met. You really just got to look into people. And I think that people's intentions, you can really tell whether somebody has bad intentions or not. But mm-hmm. the, the one thing, and, and Joe and I have talked about this a lot. Joe Stiver is one of my close friends. You know, awesome. with programs and with anything, you can't guarantee somebody results. So although there are a lot of people out there that aren't giving tremendous value for what they're selling, on, you know, on the other foot, there's people that are taking a program or going through something, not putting in the work, and then turning around and calling somebody a scam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so all, although, although there is an interesting community of people and, and there's people that you know, maybe aren't what they say they are, you still have to actually put in the work regardless of you know, kind of who you uh, per- choose to pursue or whose program or offering you, per- you, know, you, per- you want to buy or whatever the case may be. But I think there's a lot of good information out there. And, and I've definitely got to meet a lot of really cool people who are doing a lot of really cool things. And I think people just need to drop this idea, this traditional thinking kind of way, like I said earlier, you know, don't be afraid to invest in yourself and learn or find a mentor or get that one-on-one help. And everybody learns differently. I personally learn from more of a one-on-one standpoint. So that's, you know, what we've leveraged consultants and one-on-ones and personal stuff. Somebody else might learn, you know, better in a digital format, like a course or a program. So it's just all, you got to kind of be really self-aware, know who you relate with, know who you have similarities with. I I think that's a, that's a really undervalued thing and more people should just go ahead and invest in themselves because you investing in yourself is going to get the most maximum ROI out of anything you'll ever do. You're going to be your best investment. So I would say, don't be afraid to invest in yourself. And the only way you're going to figure out if it works is whether you do it or not. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and I like that you touched on that numerous times mentorship because, uh, like, you know, with, with the people, with the people you mentioned and the people that I've interviewed, you know, you know, I, I like to say there's power in the patterns and success leaves clues. And, you know, each of them in their own journey, in their own way, had a mentor in some shape or fashion where, uh, you know, whether if it was one-on-one or whether if it was through a course or whether maybe they've, you know, found somebody that they relate to on 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 youtube you know there's many different forms but you know they found someone and in in your journey so what uh i I was curious like what was the story behind deciding to to start your podcast uh, so i actually got a lot of inspiration from my now good friend casey adams i remember exactly where i was at oh cool i was a i was a senior in high school and this is when i was first getting entrepreneurship the only podcast i listened to was dave ranch's only podcast i listened to so i wanted to start (laughs) to venture into some new podcasts i was sitting in my car eating chick-fil-a i remember exactly where i was at um so this is about circa august of no not august january of 2018 i guess it would have been and I remember coming across the rise of the young podcast and I was like, man, who is this guy? And and I started to look into KC and see all the people that he had interviewed and all the things that he's done. And yeah. I was kind of just like, you know, this dude is connected with some real awesome people. And he was yeah. remote the whole time he was connecting with people. So at yeah. that time I was living in Minnesota. I don't know of a lot of big name entrepreneurs that are in Minnesota. So I was like, maybe there's a way that I can connect with all these people I look up to 
and, you know, build relationships with them. And I know you've seen it. I've mm -hmm. seen it. It's something about offering someone a platform to voice their story that people are always really appreciative of. And it's a really good way to build a relationship with somebody. So that's yeah. more of what I saw it as and just being able to, I always think that like information, especially from people that are more experienced in any aspect of life is kind of like shortcutting and cheating time, you know, because if I go to somebody who's where I want to be and they did it in 20 years and they know all their mistakes, they can kind of hypothetically show me how to do it in, in 10. So I like mentors and learning from people. And I, I just saw the podcast as another medium to find that. I like that a lot, man. That was really good. So when, you know, after picking up on that and, and then deciding that, okay, you want to do this, you know, you want to jump into it. Like, what was that journey like, like actually getting started? Um, it was rough, actually. It wasn't <laughs> fun. So I, I ordered a mic and I remember I recorded my intro episode. I tried to do it 40 times. It was six minutes. Um, so that, that obviously was a bad uh, process. Um, it wasn't fun. And then I recorded an actual interview. I recorded over Skype. And if, if anybody's listening, who's a podcaster and Brian, you'll probably be able to relate to this. I did a Skype and I recorded with audacity. This is before I knew about this awesome thing we're using called zoom. Uh -huh. And I remember recording it and it was an hour and a half podcast. It went really well and got off the podcast and I did not record any of it. So that was the first oh, interview no. that I ever did. Yeah, it wasn't <laughs> fun. And I was just like, okay, well, either I can just cut my losses now, but I've already spent $200 on this microphone, so we're going to make it work. And that was kind of my mindset. And then I just started messaging people like a wild animal and just trying being persistent as much as I could. And then I was able to work my way and leverage my way up to some really awesome guests. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and like and you've seen, we, there's these all these communities of people. And even if we're not best friends, we all kind of know each other. And, and I'm sure you've seen it. Like you interview uh, one person and then, they, and then their friend hears it. And they say, hey, I'd be interested in coming on your podcast. Or you say, hey, I just interviewed your friend. It's almost kind of this uh, group. Or and I like to call it maybe a, yeah, exactly. Like a circle of people. And it's especially real tight in this whole internet entrepreneurship community. And, yeah. you know, you kind of, once you get in the circle, it's just now all you got to do is ask and, and you know, you, you shall receive type of thing. No, that, that's really great stuff. And, and I'm glad, glad you're, you know, sharing that. Cause I think everyone goes through, you know, kind of that, that rough patch. And, and that's why in so many ways, you know, especially like with the people that, that you've interviewed um, and then, you know, going through it yourself, you know, everybody has to go through that nobody you know starts out being you know great and superstar and doing everything you know that, that's really amazing everyone starts out you know rough trying to figure it out so i was curious like you know with with your circle of influence what were some memorable stories meeting you know some of the people uh that you have like what's the story behind meeting like casey adams that you mentioned yeah so um I, it was the build your empire event in February, I believe it was maybe, maybe January. I think it was January. And, um, that's where I actually got connected with Joe, with Joe Stiber. We were both kind of getting started. I was oh, getting cool. more started with my podcast. He was getting started with e-commerce and it was actually really cool. So here's the, here's the string of events. I think that people grossly underestimate how quickly things can happen if they just focus. 
And so here's what happened. So I went out in January to, I was already making some waves with the podcast. I had about 17, 18 episodes. And at that point, Casey and I had got connected. He knew who I was. We had talked and I came out to Arizona and he was like, Hey man, come to the build your empire event. Um, you can interview me. We'll hang out at the house, whatever. So I was like, okay, great. So that's Casey and I got acquainted and got connected. And Joe and I had been chatting a little bit and, um, we, we kind of got a chance to hang out in Arizona and that's where we really got, I wouldn't, I would say, I wouldn't say that's where we got started because we were already doing things in our respective fields, but that was where the, the spark really got ignited because I've lived in Nashville with not a lot of people doing what I was doing at the time. Joe was living in Philly with not a lot of people doing what he was doing at the time. So we kind of got in this environment of all people who were successful, who were all crazy like us. And it was kind of like, okay, wow, this is actually real. So I interviewed Casey, um, got to hang out with Joe. And then four months later, January, February, March, eight, five months later, we spoke, Joe and I, at NetCon with Casey. So awesome. yeah, I think I remember that event. Yeah. It was such an interesting, really humbling turn of events, how everything happened. So we, we went to Casey's event, we, we got motivated, we kind of got rolling. And then five months later, spoke on stage with the person who founded the event that, that Joe and I met at. So it's actually really special. It's one of a really cool story, uh, I think. And it was really cool to get to meet him. I've got to meet some really awesome people along the journey. And it's all, I think that a lot, a big thing about the whole podcast thing and getting around people who are, you know, at these extremely high levels is you realize how normal everybody is. Like even with Grant, I just had the most regular conversation with Grant. We had some laughs. And if you listen to the podcast, it really just sounded like we were just having a good conversation. Like we'd always known each other. Yeah. And it's cool because I feel like sometimes these guys online, people look at them like they're celebrities and they're like, Oh, well, this guy makes uh, this amount of money. So he's a celebrity. He's not even human. And in reality, it's just really normal people that have, you know, just achieved extraordinary things. Yeah, I did listen to that that podcast that you did with him. I thought that was really awesome. And uh, yeah, maybe you could tell the story behind that. So this is doing the interview with Grant Cardone. I think that was great. Yeah. So I, right when I started my podcast, I was like, man, I got to get Grant. I got to get Grant. So I, <laughs> oh, wow. I, I, I snooped. So that was a goal. For, that was always a goal from the beginning. So I snooped to find Grant's assistance email. Um, at one point, which was like stalker level. So I found it. I sent her an email and I said, Hey, I got to get Grant Cardone on the podcast. And she said, send me a link to your Instagram, send me a link to your podcast. So I did. And she basically was like, sorry, man, can't do it. So I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to give up. (laughs) So I, uh, about a couple months later, I hit the top 100 charts and I sent her a screenshot of it. And I was like, Hey, I'm on the top 100 charts. What's up? Still no response. <laughs> so Grant was on live one night and he said, Hey, if you're going to 10X Growth Con, get in there and comment 10X and I'll let some of you in the live. So I started just like spamming until my fingers were hurting. And I'm just like 10X, 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 blah, 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 trying to get on the live with Grant. And he accepted me on. And um, I was just like shaking. Face was red. It was really embarrassing. And, um, it was incredibly embarrassing. Remember, I'm back on. It's not one of my <laughs> not one of my best memories. So I, I, he was like, "Hey man, why are you coming to 10x?" And I basically explained it. And then he was like, "All right, thanks so much for your support. Looking forward to meeting you." Blah 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 blah. And I said, "Hey Grant, one last thing. 
can you come on my podcast? And I'm like, he's not about to turn me down in front of like 5,000 people. Um, and so I kind of had him, you know, in a corner there and he was like, yeah, sure. Let's do it. So I said, okay, awesome. well, I, don't, I don't know how I'm going to relay this message to his assistant. So my bright idea was to screen record it and send it to her. So that I did. And, um, uh, she said, Hey, Grant's really busy right now. It was February at that time. And I, and I just kept consistently following up. And she was like, Hey, Grant can do the podcast April 19th. I believe we did it or April 20th. Um, at like four 30, we got it done and we did it. And it was, uh, it was a really fun time, but that just shows you like everything's a process. You know, it's, yeah, it, nothing comes overnight. It takes persistence. You know, we, we were, this is a good key example. Um, and I don't, I hope this person's not listening to the podcast. I don't mean this to be rude in any way, but uh, we were going to do a white label deal with somebody. I believe it was for a funnel. And uh, this kid, I was, I was messaging him and I was like, hey man, has your client you know, let you know anything? And um, it, it was about a day. And he was like, hey man, uh, you know, he didn't respond. Sorry that the deal fell through. I'm sorry that this happened. And I was like, dude, it's been a day. Like how many times have you messaged him? How do you know he's not busy? He might have some family stuff going on. So like, don't ever yeah. just give up after a day or two, because even I know, like I'm chilling with 80 text messages on my phone right now. People are busy, especially people that are running companies or doing things. They're busy people. You got to yeah. stay on the front of their mind. Don't be annoying, but be valuable. Always be bringing somebody some kind of value, but be persistent, you know, and the podcast really taught me a good lesson to be persistent and be patient and know that everything will kind of happen in due time. I like that line. Don't be annoying, be valuable. That's, that's a great line. We're going to mark that as your quote. I haven't heard that before, but that, there you go. that was awesome. And it. yeah, your story. Uh, I mean, that, I mean, that's a great example of persistence and, uh, you know, you're getting your podcast off the ground. You're getting some traction, thinking outside the box and uh, and taking action and not giving up. It's just, man, that's just a really awesome story. Congrats with that, man. Thank you so much, brother. Yeah, it was a, it was definitely a sweet victory. That's awesome. And you know what I'm curious about is, Evan, what's the story uh, getting Frank Kern uh, on the podcast? So Frank Kern, for those who don't know, is like, you know, one of the, one of the great internet marketers, you know, uh, from when, you know, he come, you know, started out years ago, like I would say like a, a decade ago. Yeah. Frank Kern was rather simple. I just messaged him, shot him a DM and just stayed persistent. I believe I had interviewed a couple guys I knew he was affiliated with. So I just reminded them of that. Um, and then yeah, it was a, it was a pretty simple process to get Frank on. Um, I just yeah. shot him a message when we made it happen. Once you get top 100, it's pretty easy to get people on. Once you got the statistic of, hey, top 100 or top 50 or top 200, it, it's pretty, it's a pretty big leverage point. You know, people just want to want to know that if you're going to interview them, people are, other people are going to actually hear it. You know what I mean? And so when yeah. people are, are sure of that fact, I think a lot, I think people like being, I like being interviewed. I think it's fun. So uh, it was pretty, I don't have any cool story about getting Frank on. <laughs> so great stuff for sure man and uh well and even related to drop shipping uh the way you got uh what's the story behind jared uh jared gets i think <laughs> that i just i just dm'd him it, it was a lot more simple you know it's just like dm him send him a video be personable 
and then comment on their 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 post and just say, hey, check your DM. And at yeah. that time, I had interviewed a couple people that Jared was affiliated with. It took a couple months to get Jared interviewed, but we officially we finally had got it done. And he dropped a lot of value, man. I didn't I didn't really know who he was until I saw a few of his ads, and then uh, I was just like, man, this guy's awesome. And yeah, then, um, yeah we were yeah. finally able to get the interview done. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, he's killing it in drop shipping for sure. So, how did that lead into uh, like the digital marketing agency that you started, the Ninety Nine Media? So, I always wanted to start a marketing agency, and I kind of had the social media management agency. But what would happen would be I would literally have to break my legs and my arms and just every other part of my body to get a client for a thousand bucks a month. And then after signing that client, then you got to beg them to stay. So I was like, you know what? Maybe <laughs> I'm doing this wrong. I might be doing something wrong here. And around that time, I, start, I started following Jeremy Haynes. Um, Jeremy is like one of my mentors, just, just an out of this world, just not only a great guy to know, but an incredible marketer and incredible entrepreneur. So I started to follow him and, I'm, and, and I remember watching one of his YouTube videos or one of his lives and um, you might have to blur this out, but he basically said social media management is shit. It's complete dog shit. And I was just <laughs> like, okay, well, why is he saying that? And then he was kind of like, you need to focus on things that are revenue driven. So I said, well, I know some you know, people that are killing it on with Facebook ads or killing it, building an agency, an actual digital marketing agency. So maybe this is something I want to get into. So I was super fortunate because some of Adam and I, uh, two of our really good friends, two guys named Jovan and Quentin, um, they, they built uh, what's called the six figure or not six figure, excuse me, um, the 30 day SMMA community. They did over a million and 53 days with their online education company. So we were able to learn a ton from them. And kind of do some personal mentorship and some stuff with them. Um, Jeremy was actually one of my PR clients. So I actually got to learn a lot from him uh, through his programs. And then I also got introduced to a, a guy named Judge Graham, who was also one of my PR clients. Um, and he sold an agency back in the day for 53 million or some kind of crazy number like that. And so I, I was able to surround myself with some really awesome digital marketing mentors and was able to be fortunate enough to be able, you know, to pay some coaches and some consultants. Some investments worked out really well. Some completely flopped. It was funny, like some of the stuff that I thought was going to be the game changer wasn't really the game changer. And some of the stuff that I thought would be insignificant turned out to really be a game changer. That just kind of shows you, you don't really know what's going to work and what's not. I say it all the time. When I first started with my first business partner, this was senior year of high school, I thought it was the best decision I had ever made. Ended up being one of the worst. When I got expelled from high school, I thought my life cannot get any worse than this. It's awful. It, it ended up being one of the best things that ever happened to me because it put me on the path where I'm at today. So that, um, so that goes back to just, I thought some things would be my breakthrough and they ended up not. And I thought some things would be insignificant and they turned up, they ended up being a breakthrough. So it was a culmination of meeting a lot of people, being introduced to some new things and, and all around interest in, you know, digital marketing in general and marketing um, was what was able to really tie in everything together and help us get the Facebook ads agency off the ground. So the, what, what are the, the typical clients that 
uh, that, that you're servicing now? T typically lead generation and appointment booking. So um, gyms, loan officers, real estate agents. I actually did some marketing stuff when I was first getting started with a real estate company. So that um, more of an actual like position there, not, not, not like an agency. So I got really introduced to the marketing niche here in my local area and was able to go to some events and kind of be the young face around there that knew online marketing. Because even before I got into all the deep Facebook ad stuff, I was still like, I would say damn near an expert in online marketing, just from all the connections that I made, just from all the people that I've met and, you know, yeah. like light years ahead of most people where they're at. So I was already <laughs> yeah. able to provide a lot of value. But then when we started to hone in the offer, we really started to see traffic come through and a lot of people that we could end up helping servicing and, you know, now we're, we're working across all those niches, but I, I got some plans to get into the e-commerce cause I think e-commerce is really interesting. So probably going to be giving some of my, some of my friends a call here soon and, and trying to dive deep into that world because I think that's where the biggest ROI is at. And I yeah. think it's the most, it's the most transparent in terms of working with e-commerce clients. You know, it's, it's set in stone. You can see, Hey, here's our conversions with lead generation appointment setting. People can say, Oh, well, you know, the leads, they're not the best or, you know, it might be something that in their sales process is the reason that they're losing the deal or they're, or they're you know, um, yeah. losing a lead. So I think that e-commerce stuff is really interesting. Well, you definitely have the proven, you know, skill set, uh, you know, for it and, and the results shown for it, uh, which is awesome. And, you know, the cool thing that I wanted to touch on, because I, I think this is so awesome, is just like, you know, for those, you know, in the space of, of digital marketing any commerce, I mean, comparing it to uh, the traditional business, you know, that have been around, you know, for years or a decade or more, um, they just, you know, don't understand the current, you know, marketing techniques and the power of the way you can hyper target and reach people and then even reach people at scale and, and being able to, to check you know, the results and things like that. So I was wondering if you could touch on that. Oh, 100%. This is something that I really enjoy talking about. Um, so basically with a traditional real estate agent, say that I go get a job at Compass and I become a real estate agent at Compass, for example, they're going to give me some sort of software that scrapes the internet for leads or fills out a form on Zillow or whatever the case may be. And you're going to get funneled to the first real estate agent in line. With, with most typical real estate uh, brokerages, it's actually like a dogfight for the leads. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, but it's oh, kind of that yeah. same. Those... It's that same style. <laughs> oh, the leads movie. are bad. You get two leads a day. Your first one to the leads gets the leads. And then, so, you know, that's the system that's just lead generation. With billboards, TV, ads, radio, that's strictly brand awareness. There's no call to action. Uh, it's, it's dangerous to pull your phone out while you're on the highway and call the real estate agent on the billboard. That's honestly ridiculous that you think anybody would do that. So you've got the option that's incredibly expensive, which is the brand awareness, and you've got the option that's just uh, lead generation. Well, with Facebook, with social media, especially with the advertising platforms, you're getting the perfect mix of both lead generation and brand awareness. And it's, it's incredibly cheaper than it would be and you can get conversions and you can get leads and you can get appointments right in real time. So I think that it's foolish 
and you can and and not to say that you can hone in on you know interest demographics locations every single a to z breakdown of people's past buying habits what they're interested in a to z right so i think that being able to mix lead generation with brand awareness and being able to stretch your dollar um is inc is incredible uh and i think that if you're not utilizing it in your business whatever business you're in it's a foolish move but i think especially for real estate that's the that's the market that i like to correlate it to because you know they got the way they get leads and then they have the way they get brand awareness but with facebook billions of users on the platform per month you can get the perfect mix of both and get results in real time and have leads and appointments that are specific to you and that aren't being you know like a dog fight around your office you know what i mean yeah, really powerful. Great example and uh, in, in sharing that. The opportunity is pretty hot because traditional business are just so slow to catch up or, or even realize the power because they're still doing things like they've been doing 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. 100%. And for anybody that's looking to get started or, or is interested in the business model, what I would have done if, you know, should have, would have, could have, but if I could turn a key and go back in time, what I would have done a year ago is just go do sales or just try to become a junior media buyer or do something at an agency and learn the business model and learn how it works because what you're seeing online is incredibly different from what it is actually like. So I would, if, yeah. if you're somebody that's looking to start an agency with no prior experience, you've never done digital marketing, you've never run an advertisement on Facebook, I would try to see about some kind of opportunity that you can pursue with an agency that's already doing well and then transition into doing your own thing. That's what I would have done. But, yeah. uh, you know, I was able to, you know, which is basically, you know, build, build that real experience. And yeah, I'm glad that you touched on that because I think there's, you know, quite a number of people or, or gurus trying to sell, you know, SMMA as like a get rich quick, like a thing. get rich quick scheme kind of thing. Like they could just, okay, learn the tactics and then all of a sudden you're making, you know, thousands of dollars um, where, you know, maybe some of them do, but if you really want to do it right and, and, and have a, an agency and a business with longevity, then, uh, you know, actually, you know, build that experience in some fashion. So like you described, you know, working with an agency to get that experience or, even start building your own e-commerce or, you know, drop shipping where you're building it for yourself. And, and you'll know based on your own ROI. If, you know what I did catch on, you know, related to your agency was even the use of, of funnels. I was wondering if you could d describe that for the audience. Yeah. Um, I think that funnels are, uh, we were building funnels today actually for one of our info product clients. So I, I think that, any time that you can eliminate buyer friction and just let people know where you want them to go, it's going to be valuable. And I think that Russell's done a really good job of making it easy for everyone. Um, but like, no, and I say this all the time, no landing page or copy or ad is going to be an actual good quality product. Like, I think that there's this stigma that, you know, if you create a, if you create a, if you have a good creative, you have good copy and you have a nice landing page, you're going to succeed with, you could sell anything that you wanted. 
And I don't think that's accurate. You know, you're, you should look at your advertising like this. Your advertising should articulate how great your product is. Not, not like your advertising should be great and in reality you have a crappy product, right? So you got to mm-hmm. kind of find what they say, you know, in San Francisco, your product market fit, and then hone in on your advertising efforts. And one thing that's interesting about funnels and anybody that builds funnels or is a big copywriter knows this, it almost seems as the, uh, and I have a friend of mine that actually works with Jason Capital and I was talking to her yesterday and she sent me two funnels and she was like, which one of these do you think converted better? So exhibit A was this long copy, super long copy. I mean, your thumb hurts after you get done scrolling through it on iPhone Um, and it's white and black simple, a lot of testimonials, long form body copy. Second one was a super flashy, tons of, you know, graphics and colors and videos. And I was like, I think probably the plain one converted better. And she was like, I don't know how. She's like, when you're making funnels, you got to remove your emotion from it. Almost like the ugly converts. It's so funny. <laughs> but um, that's great. I think that's a good rule of thumb. And I remember I was watching uh, Alex Mayer. He was on Jordan Belford's podcast the other day. He was saying the exact mm-hmm. same thing. Cause I was like, am I the only one that realizes that the uglier stuff converts? So I think that um, <laughs> with, with, with funnels being able to have so many, uh, uh, you know, like aesthetic icons and things that you can put in, a lot of people get distracted on the flash when in reality a funnel was built to be, honing in and like really articulating how great the offer is so Mm -hmm. i would make sure in your copy and your ads and your funnel whatever you're building in an online advertisement make sure you're honing in on how good your offer is and let everything else come second let the flash and the color and the glitz and the glam come secondary to actually articulating and honing in on how good your offer is because i have never and brian Maybe you have, I know I haven't said, I'm going to buy this product because the ad looks cool. No, I buy a product because quality, <laughs> the ad helps articulate that the product is cool. So I would yeah. say that that would be my advice on building funnels. And yeah, big shout out to Russell Brunson. I'm, I'm going to, I think I'm going to be going to Funnel Hacker Live here in February. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually planning to go as well. And uh, is it going to be local to where you are in Nashville? It is. It is. Yeah. It's about 20 minutes away from my house. <laughs> I, uh, that's that's last year. That's where I got to meet up with Dan De Silva and Jaden Gross and Josue, all those guys. Kevin David was there and I actually got wow. to go to, was lucky enough to get invited to a party with all those guys and meet with them. And I met Brett Knutson and a cool group of people out there. And that's when I really started to you know, get involved in the whole ClickFunnels kind of community. Um, yeah, we're going to try to get the two comma club this, this upcoming year. We don't have any offers. So maybe I'll steal the plaque from one of my clients, <laughs> but uh, or just tell, tell them to send us too. But uh, yeah, no, I think it's a it's a really awesome platform. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah, I plan to be there. So uh, so yeah, I'll try to hook up with you guys, reach out, see of course. What, uh, what's happening. I love Nashville, actually. By the way, uh, the downtown area just like seems like it's always happening every night of the week. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, Adam and I, my business partner, will be walking around and we'll be saying, uh-oh, a recession might be coming because nobody in Nashville has a job. And they're just like, because it's literally all hours of the day. It's uh, bachelorette parties and, and, you know, people going <laughs> bar hopping and all this. And I'm just like, wow, I don't know what's going on. If we're either in the richest area of all time and nobody has to work 
or nobody is working at all and yeah. their bar tab is going on their student loans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, you've been touching on a lot of great stuff here for sure. And Thank you. you know, one of the things that I was curious about, so what is, what does a day in your life look like now as you've been working your business? Well, uh, one of the methodologies that I've borrowed from one of my really good friends, Ravi Abhavala, is just set appointments and book appointments. So I actually just brought on a new team member yesterday who's going to be doing eight hours of outreach every day with the goal for us to book appointments. Um, if wow. you can get people on the phone, you're going to close people. Like if you talk to people, you're going to be able to get deals. You're going to be able to grow your business. And it's all like, I think that startup entrepreneurs or, you know, people in year one, they focus too much on everything else. And I think it's important to have everything in place. Like we invested a lot of time and money into our website. I think that's important. I think it's important mm -hmm. to differentiate yourself because maybe it wasn't a year ago, but you hear so many people talk about, Oh, you don't need a website. Well, so many people have taken that advice that it's actually a pattern interrupt to have a website now. So um, I think, like stuff like that is definitely important. I think the personality branding stuff is important, but it's the most important to be able to get on sales calls and make sales. Um, because if you can do that, you're going to have an infinite, you're going to be able to grow your business at an infinite level. So that's yeah. really all. That's really the main focus is how can we get people on the phone? How can we close? That's going to, everything else will fall into place behind that. And when you're closing deals, you, you're building the infrastructure to be able to support those clients. So I, th yeah. so that's really the main priority of every day, obviously putting out all the fires that come day to day as a business owner, but that's really the main focus right now. And it's going to be the main focus for these next three to six months is how can we, how can we just close more people and help more people? Yeah. And, and I can see you having a big future in this space. I mean, with everything that you touched on and you're delivering value um, and you're building a team and uh, applying the principles. And still living at this level, talking about, you know, having a mentor to help take you to the next level that you're looking to achieve. And, uh, you know, you're, you're doing all the right things. And uh, and you. did I catch like you're, you're like right now you're 20 years old? Yes, sir. 20. Man, that's awesome. So, I, man, I can see, you know, with your mindset and everything that you're doing, man, you got a big future ahead of you, man, for sure. Thank you so much. That's awesome stuff. And uh, so one of the things I want to make sure, so what's the best way for people to get in touch with you, to follow you and, uh, and to get in touch with your agency? So uh, agency website is 99media.co, 99media.co. Uh, that's kind of where you can find everything uh, about what we're doing, Adam and I, and, uh, you know, everything that we've got going on. And then my Instagram is just John Danes, just like it's spelled J-O-H-N-D-A-N-E-S. That's the platform that I'm most active on. Um, one little tidbit or nugget that I want to leave with your, your listeners, you need to get on LinkedIn. Um, I think it's super important. I think that's where the, the big fish are swimming in the, in the LinkedIn pool. Um, so you can find me on LinkedIn, John Danes. I'm actually reading uh, the founder of LinkedIn's book right now. It's called Blitzscale. I think it's one of the best books I've ever read too, by the way. So maybe wow. you, you and your listeners should check that one out. Really good book. Reed Hoffman. He's where he's a multi-billionaire. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my, my three most active places is the agency website, my Instagram and, and the LinkedIn is kind of the places you can check me out what I'm doing and connect with me and see me all in, in kind of three different lights. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I'm glad you mentioned that and the book. And, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, even currently, like, you know, you know, listening and following the, the Gary V, uh, you know, he's been mentioning, you know, how, you know, LinkedIn has been getting more popular uh, and, and start to get on it with its organic reach. Uh, mm. he, he was referring to uh, that and TikTok. And uh, I'll tell you right now, I'm still trying to learn TikTok, but uh, so definitely LinkedIn, though, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I definitely, uh, I definitely see a lot of value in LinkedIn. LinkedIn is a very transparent platform. The reason I like LinkedIn is because on Instagram, I can stand in front of a car and talk about how great I am. On LinkedIn, people can leave me reviews. They can leave me recommendations, whether that's positive or negative. Uh, they can, you know, endorse my skills, interact with my posts. So that's why I really like LinkedIn. It's more of a showcase of actually what you've accomplished in, in with real data, like you know, yeah. LinkedIn, you, you can't put as an accomplishment on LinkedIn. Oh, I stood in front of a Lamborghini that I rented. You, you know, <laughs> you, you have, it's actually yeah. all real things. Real, That's kind of yeah. why I like, like, I feel like it's a really transparent platform. Powerful. Yeah, really good point for sure. Yeah, man, you're dropping a lot of great value here for sure. And yeah, we'll be Thank sure you. to leave that in the show notes. And yeah, I was going to say, is it cool to follow up with you next year? Maybe bring you back on the podcast. And I was thinking, well, maybe if uh, if we get a chance to connect at uh, Funnel Hacking Live, that might be a good opportunity. Person. Great stuff. Well, uh, I want to be respectful of your time. I see that we're getting close to the hour. And, uh, and I want to give you a chance to leave some closing remarks with the audience. So I'll let mm -hmm. you take it away. Really appreciate it. You know, I would just tell everyone to, I think you just need to focus on what you want. Don't listen to what anybody else has to say find mentors, you know, read books and just always be a sponge and learning. I put out an Instagram post the other day and just said, don't be the, don't want to, you don't want to be the smartest person in the room. You want to be constantly learning. And you know, the, the most successful people that I've met even want to learn from me, which is like, you know, not saying that I'm some type of super smart person. It's that they're learning from everybody. Right. So I yeah. think that's very important to always be learning always be you know developing if you're if you're not getting better you're getting worse i like to say all the time so always just just focus on getting better and learning more and you know live into your fat full potential right great stuff man yeah i love it for sure well this has been awesome john man i appreciate having you on the show man this has been great yeah thank you so much you asked some awesome questions as a podcast interviewer myself i know how difficult it is to say the right things and you know really be able to it, it takes a talented person there's one person that can ask people questions there's another person that can actually extract information you've done a great job at that <laughs> big kudos to you hey thanks brother man yeah well stay in touch bro for sure Thank you for listening to this episode of Tech Money Talks. Endorsed by Player FM, you help make Tech Money Talks the number one dropshipping podcast on the planet. You help the show go mainstream because Tech Money Talks podcast is now officially sponsored by Spotify. If you're ever in Chicago, join our Dropship Chicago meetup group held at 1871 to meet with me personally and other professional dropshippers. We do meetings weekly. I'm now producing new, valuable content on YouTube weekly. Go check it out and subscribe. Tech Money Talks is teaching you all about money-making opportunities that technology can bring. We're just getting started. There's more great things to come. Stay plugged in. Throw me a shout-out. And remember, you're just one product away.